Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. So, you guys excited to meet our speaker for the week? If you're not, you better, you better get excited. Can I get a drum roll, please? Give me a drum roll. Give me a drum roll. Hailing from Lynchburg, Virginia, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Professor at Liberty University, the one and only, Rich Brown. Come on, Rich Brown. That's you. That's you. You look great, man. Rich, That's it's good me. to have you here. That's me. My name is Rich Brown. How are you guys doing? I'm from a place called Lynchburg, Virginia. Anybody been to Virginia? Now, if you're from like Arlington or Manassas, that's really not Virginia. Where I live, they don't use an R. It's Virginia. Where y'all from? You know, it's that kind of deal, right? Who's been to rural? Can you say, can you say rural? I have the hard, think about it. I have the hardest time. Rural. Rural. It's like, hey, Earl. No, rural. Yeah. Okay, rural. I'm from rural Virginia, right? You guys been to Virginia? Sweet. I live in a town called Lynchburg, Virginia. If I don't sound like I'm saying y'all really well, because I actually grew up upstate New York. But I live in Virginia now, so it's all good. So I am, I am the hated Yankee fan. I'll just put it on the table right now. Yeah, I know Orioles, who actually beat the Yankees every time they play them, right? Here's the deal. That is my peeps. Uh, the dude who looks like he's CIA agent, that's actually my brand new son-in-law. And my, the dude in the middle, upper with the beard, kind of looks like me. That's me at 29. That's my son, Rich. The third, I'm a junior. He's the third. The dude down below, Ryan, got a couple of people in here that know Ryan from school, uh, from Liberty University where I teach. And then my beautiful bride, you get ready this. Y'all, give her a fist. How many years have I been married? You ready? 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 30. Who said 50? <laughs> Killing me, Smalls. I'm having a sandlot moment back here. <laughs> All right. 33 years. We just had our 33rd anniversary. Wow. Yeah, and that's me trying to be young. Okay, here's the deal. Check this picture out. I just stepped in a marshmallow. That is bad. I was like, like, no, don't leave. If there was like a fire, you know, drill, don't do it. Don't. I'd be like, I can't leave. <laughs> anyway, hey, check this out. Like, you know these pictures now they do like these, you know, adults that try to go back and recreate their photo when they're little kids? So my wife and I were at our, at our church. We had a marriage retreat down in Roanoke, and we realized that was one of our first, like, formal dates back in the day, 1984, okay, so way back, and we had this picture in my office, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually found the same spot where we had that photo, that's wild, that's like 100,000 years in between, it seemed like, right, oh, oh, my daughter just got married, did I say that? So you're all invited to the wedding right now. I have to show. We just got these pictures, man. We just got, we paid like a million and a half dollars for them, but I just got the USB, right? So we just got all these pictures. I started looking through them. The golly, wow. See, the coolest thing was I got to walk my daughter down. Look at, now I'm just got toilet paper stuck on me. Look at those old ladies come out of the bathroom. <laughs> Ethel, come back here. That toilet. Here we go. So I'm walking her down. The gentleman there in the middle is my father. So this is so awesome, y'all. He just retired as a pastor, like 50-some years pastoring. So I get to walk her down, and there's my new son-in-law, my daughter, my dad. And I got to do the coolest thing of, I got to say, her mother and I. That's the one dad line. Who gives this man to this woman? Her mother and I. And I took my, my daughter's hand, and I placed them in his hand. And then when I did this little dance move, I kind of came back like this, and I came around because she asked me 
they both asked me to be the one to marry them. So it was, it was like a total dad moment. I loved it. I got to marry my girl. So there we go. What's with the glasses? That's not normal. Well, first of all, I am not normal, but here's the deal. Um, so many people are telling me, Rich, you know you're going to so cry when you're doing your daughter's wedding. I said, no, no one's going to see me cry. So I told everyone at the wedding, I said, hey, by the way, no one here is going to see me cry. And I guarantee that, of course, I pulled out the sunglasses. It's a dad joke, all right? It's a dad joke. Ah, thank you. You can play it as well when you become a dad someday. So that was the cool deal there. Uh, back up a little bit here. That was just a special moment. He's putting the ring on. It won't fit correctly. So, of course, I have to do another dad joke. I go, hey, it just needs a little WD-40. It just came out. I didn't mean to. It just came out, right? Anyway, so <laughs> there we go. Very cool moment. Very cool moment. Both, both of the parents, we got around and prayed over our kids. Uh, now, by the end of the night, because we had to do little BGs back in the day, right? So anyway, at the end of the night, um, I had another dad line. I had three in the wedding. I just played one with you. Here's the second one of the three. Uh, strike three. Okay, so here's the deal. I said, hey, uh, I just gave you my daughter. That's my sports car. Okay, I go, but I want my car back by 11. So there you go. It was too much fun. There they go. Goodbye. They live in Richmond. It's not that far away. So that's my family. Now, do you guys have puppies back home? Who doesn't? <laughs> um, they look so innocent. That was my little chocolate labbies. He's a year and a half. The blonde lab, she's three and a half. Um, I named him Jeter. Number two, Derek Jeter. I named him Jeter. And the other one's Piper. Now, I came in once, this is last year, and he's starting to grow now. He's actually bigger than her, but that was when he was a little man. And I came in, it's like double-decker seating. I came into our bedroom, and they were actually doing this, like bunk beds, like they're going to camp or something, right? Well, this is now him fully grown. Absolutely loves to play ball. You throw the ball off the deck, down the hill, because in Lynchburg, everything is downhill or uphill. <laughs> so I throw the ball down the hill, he comes back. If you throw the ball to him once, just assume you're going to play for 30 minutes because he just continues to go crazy like this. So we got the dogs. I also, like Taco just said, I teach uh, student ministry at a, at a college called Liberty University. And it's a couple of pictures of my students. Got a few students here that are some of my students here. It's pretty awesome. And I get to do this. I get to actually have college students whom I love so much actually come hang out in my house, uh, in the classroom, equipping them how to be excellent as professional youth workers. And, and the coolest thing, too, is, is, like I said, not just here, but camps across the country. And watch this on Facebook right now, missions trips, camps. It's just awesome to see God using them in different places. Matter of fact, the upper left corner, that was our senior class a year or two ago. And I was just perusing through it. It's a big word. Can I use it? Perusing? I just did it, right? So I was perusing through this picture, and I was like, so many of them right now are actually like student ministry leaders in their churches and in camps and stuff. So awesome, awesome stuff. Now, two people you're going to see around here actually are former students of mine. You know him as Sparrow. And I don't think Brent has a cool nickname. It's just Brent, right? This, this, you just call him Moneymaker? There you go. So Brent is actually one of our grads in our youth program, and Aaron was a youth minor, so I had him in a lot of classes as well. Uh, I Come on, slow down. Gosh, slow, stop, there we go. I have another really cool blessing too, is I'm in a new church plant 
which means it's like a baby church. It's just a couple years old. And we just started a youth ministry. So I get to be, I was a youth pastor for 20 years, came to Liberty to teach youth ministry the last 15 years. But now as a volunteer, I get to be the student director, student pastor as, as a, you know, the freebie guy. But I love it. And we just got like seven, eight, nine. Now we got about 10 to 12. They're like middle school age. Love it. Just had a bunch of them this morning for our time uh, this morning at church. So that's what's going on in my life. And I'm so thankful. Yeah. Hey, last Wednesday night, we had slip inside of my house. You put five slip insides together. You suds it up with soap. It's all good. Just make sure they sign waivers. Okay. There we go. It was really cool. Really cool stuff. Out of control. Kind of on a serious note, look at this right now. Think of out of control. When I think of someone or something that's out of control, kind of reminds me of this commercial. You may have seen it. We good, Jack? Jack, that's Jack's over here. Jake, we good with this? There we go. Check out this video. When someone they came out of nowhere, sir. How many of them? We don't know. Dozens. All right, let's teach these freaks some manners. Good luck out there, Captain. Thanks, but I don't need luck. I have skills. I don't have my keys. All hands, we are looking for the captain's keys again. They are on a silver carabiner. Oh, this is bad. As long as people misplace their keys, you can count on Geico saving folks money. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. You know, it's that moment where things you thought were in control and they're not in control. I'm going to show you something. This box right here, we all have a box like this. Maybe not in real life, but fictitiously speaking or metaphorically speaking, we all got a box. It's like the stuff in our life that we wish we had control over, but we don't. And that's what we're talking about this week. All of us have stuff. We have a box. And we have stuff in our box that we'd love to have control over, but we don't. What are some of yours? Don't answer out loud, but think through it. You got stuff. I got stuff that I wish I had control over. I just don't. Some of you maybe, you mean, when I say home where I showed pictures of, let's get off that slide. When I showed pictures of, of a family, you may get mad because you're like, dude, I, I don't have that. Um. Some of you may have some other things. I know for me as a young man, I mean, I was going to play baseball. I walked down to my college many years ago and made the walk-on team and thought I was going to make final cuts. And guess what? Didn't make final cuts. It was out of my control. You see, a coaching staff decided whether I made the baseball team or not. And obviously, I didn't uh, make the team. They decided to go a different direction. You've heard that phrase before? Uh, as I become an adult. Uh, in different churches, actually even a church where I, I had a new pastor come in. And it's kind of like a new coach and they kind of get rid of the coaching staff and a new pastor came in and I'm the youth pastor and I'm now without a job because they were going to go a different what? Direction. That was out of my control. It, it was six years ago, just this last week. We were at Myrtle Beach, just got there like a couple days in, had a whole week's vacation planned out, got a phone call. From my kid's sister, sobbing. Mom just died. What? Mom, she's, she's not breathing. She just stopped breathing. They took her to the hospital, but we think she's already dead. 
And so for the next two hours, I'm just begging God, God, if, he, if there's still life in her, save her life. And I just did the only thing I could do. I just go to my Bible and start reading. I said, Lord, I need your help. And then we had the official word a couple hours later. Yeah, she passed away. That's out of my control. See, there's a lot of things that we have that we wish we had control over. We just, we just don't. Is this making sense? And what we're going to do this week is <laughs> and look at some kind of some real issues through this guy in the Bible named the Apostle Peter. You ever heard of him? The Apostle Peter. Well, he thinks he has things in control. And this dude is always looking for control. If there's 12 guys on this team, the apostles, 12 apostles, right? He's the guy that's like the alpha. He's always the one speaking up, always willing to try and take charge, right? So he's the one we're going to look at this week. What he's trying to do to be in control of things, and it keeps slipping out of his control. And yet the crazy thing is, when we realize, when we let God take control of things and we stop trying to manipulate it, actually can begin to work out. It doesn't mean that you don't go through hard times, but you actually can see the hand of God in it. Uh, those, those, those dogs I just showed you, by the way, they look so innocent. They're not, all right? Because last Christmas, we came home after work, and we saw this. This would be a few pillows that, um, and Piper, the blondie there, I call her Britney Spears. She's not that innocent. Another dad joke, okay? But anyway, she, she just tried, or Ninja. I call her Ninja because she's kind of stealthy. Jeter's like jacked up. The dude's like, hi, let's play. <laughs> you know, like, was Piper's like kind of chill. But if you put your food down, it's gone. She's a ninja. She just comes out of nowhere, eats all your food, right? So like, we come home and we see this. This is out of control. <laughs> As I was saying, there are things we're going to go through in life that causes frustration, maybe hurt, anger. It's stuff that we can't, especially as a guy, we got to fix stuff. And we can't always fix it. And as you see up here, even some despair, all because we cannot control. So this week, this week, what we're going to look at is there, it's not a tone, by the way. That's a typo. I'm admitting it right here, okay? It's out of my control, okay? It's ton, all right? You see that? Uh, there, there are a ton of things we go through that causes us anger or frustration or despair because we can't control them. It's a lot of things we go through like that. This week, we're going to look at the reality, the reality of things that are out of our control. But we want to see that God is in the middle of it. And he can redeem that. That's a big word, redeem. Redeem. To have something that was yours. Let's say you lose an item. A very special item. Maybe it's your guitar. Uh, maybe it's your phone. There's something that it really means a lot to you and it costs a lot of money and, and you lose it. And for some reason, you're going through a pawn shop and, and you see your item and you know it's yours, a certain mark, the scratch, you can identify it. And they're like, hey, cool beans, right? No, tough beans. Because it's, it, they say, no, it's not yours anymore. Someone found it, flipped it, or they stole it, right? And flipped it. And you have to go buy it back. Does that make sense now what I'm saying? That's what the word redeem means. Did you know that? 
Okay? So, like, God makes us, as rebels, we kind of do our own thing. And then he says, sends Jesus to what? To buy us back. So God's trying to redeem things, to bring them back to himself. So as we see that word redeem, how God can redeem these things. So once we understand that the things we're trying to control that are out of the control, if we just learn to let God take control, on the count of three, take a deep breath. One, two, three. Ready? Hold it. Doctor's office, do it again. Ready? Let it out. We're going to see that God offers freedom. God offers freedom when we let him take the things that are in our box and we say, God, I can't, I can't do it. You got to have this. You got to take it. What we're going to do this week is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, each day has a certain theme. So tomorrow we're going to see the chaos. What goes on in the chaos of our lives? Then we're going to see on Tuesday the personal struggle. After that on Wednesday, the idea of when we just give it over, surrender it to the Lord. What does that look like? And then finally on Thursday will be this, the freedom that, that comes when we let God take control. I've already mentioned the life of Peter. Of the 12 apostles, he was kind of the, the chief, if you will, the one that kind of Jesus leaned into a lot for, for leadership. And yet Peter had a ton of ego. And we're going to take a look at that. Peter was always trying to be the leader, the alpha. And we're going to see how Peter was trying to hold on to things. And what happens when Peter lets go and gives God control? What happens in Peter's life? Some of us may be going through some difficult and serious things right now. Some of you may not. The third thing, but all of us are going to face that idea of chaos or just junk at different times in our life. It's not a question of when. It's only a question of when and then how do we deal with it. There's some scripture verses I want to show you guys. And uh, if you have a Bible, please open it up. We're going to see this really quick here. Got a couple of guys going to read some scriptures for us as well. Back up one there. This is quick to fire. There we go. Just like our power struggle is real, so it was and is with us. Just like Peter, it is with us. Sometimes we're feeling stuck. Maybe that's you. I don't know. How many of you guys have a job right now? I don't mean mowing the grass for gramps. I mean, you got a job. Maybe you feel stuck in your job. Maybe you feel stuck in your job. You talk to your folks or some adult friends and it's like, dude, it's a Joe job. I'm stuck. Maybe you're in a school. It's like, you don't want to be in that school. You just feel stuck. Maybe you just feel like you're in school and you're stuck. <laughs> Hopefully not the same grade for three years, whatever. But you know, you're stuck. Sometimes we just feel stuck. And we're mad. We get mad. Sadly, we get mad at God. Because they, hey, God, like, that's my family. I feel stuck. Working with college students, it just amazes me, the pain. I mean, your generation is just, it, it's tough. And when they come to college, it's kind of like a, another metaphor I'm going to use. It's kind of like a backpack representing their life. And when they come into college, you think everything's all cool. 
No. It's like all this stuff from like middle school, high school, even younger, comes to college and they just kind of unzip it. And like, hey, doc, can we talk? And all of a sudden I'm hearing stuff that's gone on for years of deep wounds and hurt. And it's heavy stuff. And a lot of times they just feel stuck. Do you see the next big word right there? Or hopeless. Like I can't, there's just no hope. Or I can't get control of it. So as you think about some of these things, I want us to see some of these things here now, okay? Things being out of control is just part of life. And what I mean is this. You see, in the book of Genesis, I don't know if you have a Bible or not, but in Genesis in chapter 3, I'm going to turn there and read this to you guys. In Genesis chapter 3, we see here in verses 14 to 24, when God makes Adam and Eve, and then they decide to go rebel, you know, rebel against God, and what takes place. This is verses 14 through um, 24. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock, all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity or you'll be an enemy between you and the woman, between her offspring and yours. Uh, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your pain in childbearing. With pain, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband. He will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. You will eat of the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow. You will eat your food until you return to the ground. Ashes, ashes, dust, dust. Okay. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. And what we're looking at is, it's called the curse. God said, don't sin. Don't sin against me. He put that one tree there. They had one job, one tree. That's it. Just one job. Stay away from the tree. And they just ate of it. At that point, they rebelled against God. And when they rebelled, junk happened. All of a sudden, they were sinful people. And the wages of that sin was then destruction. Out of what happens there is now this frustration. And the first thing they try to do is hide their sin, kind of cover tail. They try to hide their sin. God comes to them, they lie about it. Ah, uh, what happened? And then Adam starts blaming Eve. Oh, well, Lord, it's the woman. He wouldn't fess up. He said, it's the woman, get this one. And then he blames God. He said, it's the woman you gave me. Ouch. And then she blames the, the serpent. I mean, it's everyone's blame shifting. And we see here, it's called the curse. We also call it in scripture, the fall. So what happens as you see, because of this rebellion, sin creeps into the, into the world. And now we see junk happens all the time. There's a couple of scriptures here. Jesus even promises everyone's going to have problems. I have Matthew 5. If you could read that for us. So it's just going to happen. I mean, my mom passed away. Whether I was a follower of Jesus or not, parents die. Whether I'm a follower of Jesus or not, I lost a job. It's just, it's just life. Life happens. 
Jesus in that same sermon in Matthew chapter 7 then says this at the very end of chapter 7. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain will come down and the streams will rise and the winds will blow and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and the house just crashed. In other words, life is full of storms. Stuff happens to all of us because of our sin. And the consequence of sin, the wages of sin is death, Scripture says. Then, Jake, if you can, or Jack, if you can, that's Jake, that's Jack. Okay, Jack, if you can read the next one, John 16. And Jesus is saying, have you read that again in a moment? Jesus actually says this as, get this, this wasn't like the happy day of Jesus' life. This is actually the last day of his life before the crucifixion. This is just within hours of his arrest, beating him to a bloody pulp, and then driving spikes through his hands, his wrists, his feet. And Jesus says this verse in the middle of knowing the gruesome death he's going to have. Read that again. I have told you these things so that you may have this world will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So here is Jesus saying, peace I give to you, take heart, I've overcome the world. Literally within hours he's going to die. I, puts two and two together here. Life just happens. Others hurt us. We make stupid choices. We have consequences. It just happens. But how do we deal with it? Even in the middle of what you just read, even in the middle of Jesus going to be dying, he says, peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. God is still in control. The last thing up here to see is Romans chapter 8, the apostle Paul talks about even creation itself just groans. In other words, it seems like the earth itself is just kind of cracking apart, right? Because God will come back and restore all things. So guys, as you think about this box, this is your control box. There's stuff that we try to control that's just out of our control. And I wonder, what can we do when things are out of control? What can we do we either freak out, we try to get control, we try to manipulate, play the game. What are you working through right now? What are you personally working through right now that would be in your box? <laughs> Something as cheesy as, I really wish I could get her attention. Or why does he keep breaking up with me? I have a question. Why do you keep going back to him? But that's a different conversation. Um, maybe it's a romance thing. Maybe it's a family thing. What's in your box? What are the things that you're trying to control? So this week, would you at least do this? Would you at least do these things here? Identify what they are. Begin to start thinking through, God, help me. Understand what these are. Understand how I can get through them. 
And then, see the last part? God, am I willing to have a fresh encounter with Jesus? Last thing I want to show you guys. That young man on the left is actually 22 years of age. He's big. He works out all the time. He's just huge. It's my son. I was 11 years ago. Yes, that's the Bronx. I took my son to Yankee Stadium. Ryan always has been, um, we've been very close. We still are. We've been texting throughout the day. He's 22. I'm, I'm a speed limit. I'm 55. Okay. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> but he was little. He was born in Seattle and I was youth pastoring out there. And he's about, I think he's about 10, 11 at the point. And then you see him as a high school student. Yes, you shave the head means you're a wrestler because he was wrestling. That was his thing then. Um, he was what I would call my respectful rebel. You see, his mom and dad, my wife and myself, love Jesus with all of our hearts. And to some of you, you understand that. To others of you, what I just said, you think is stupid. I don't even believe in Jesus. There's many reasons I know he's real. And it's not just because I feel him. There's facts. But Ryan, in the middle of always being respectful, from the time he was that little guy, right up into high school. And there's a reason I chose that picture, because it was that week that as parents, we hit the wall. He was 16. And whenever we would mention Jesus, he would just do this. He literally would cross his arms and he would squint like this. See, you don't know him like that. He would just do like this. Matter of fact, he even sometimes would just slouch down and go on the floor to the point we wondered what is going on. Whenever we talked about God and the Lord Jesus, we could talk baseball, we could talk NBA, he's with you. We talk Jesus, he actually does this, and he's like, stop. So he was always respectful to us. Anything to do with God? Absolute in football, stiff arm, total stiff arm. It was one night, it was in our den, and it was one of those family moments where it got very ugly, raw, and real. And I remember, and by the way, you have to understand this. <laughs> Keep stepping in this stuff. You have to understand this. I was not going to push my kid into Christianity. I didn't say, here, come, pray this prayer after me. No. He needed to understand Jesus calls him to salvation. He has to want Jesus. So I'm not pushing him. But I remember this one specific night. It was that week of that picture. That's why I chose that picture. And it was a real awkward, tough conversation about the Lord. And he was just staring at me. And this is when this guy right here, right here, me, after 16 years of watching him just push back on God, well, 16, he didn't push back on God at six weeks old. But, you know, as he got a little older, I mean, there's his family worshiping God, and he's like, no, 
saying out loud. That's when I broke. I just broke down. And I remember getting right there on my knees and looking him in the eye and saying, Ryan, and I just wept. That's when I was out of control, meaning I can't fix this. I said, Ryan, and I'm just, at this one time, bawling. I said, why won't you just come to Jesus, man? And he just stared at me with a blank stare and yet anger. I'll be really honest. That weekend, my wife and I cut church. We took my son to Smith Mountain Lake. We hung out for the day, played putt-putt. Because what he needed right then was not to set another church service. He needed a mom, a mom and a dad just to say, whether you love Jesus or not, we love you. We hung out. It was a few months later, God began to really work in his heart, and he started saying yes to Jesus. But I'm going to save that conversation because I'm going to show you guys end of the week a video of him now where he's going to talk to you guys. Cool. So close it up. Very simple. Just identify right now. What's in your box? Maybe it's the fact of I don't buy the God thing at all. Or maybe I thought I bought the God thing, but I don't now. Or maybe I really do love God. I, I, I am a follower of Jesus, but I, I got stuff too. See, because again, when you receive Jesus, stuff doesn't go away. You still have stuff. But at least identify what it is, and let's take it from there. Is that fair? All right, cool. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, I ask you for each young man and young lady in this place. Some may be just genuine followers of you, and they still got a lot of stuff in here. Things that are they wish they could control that they can't. And there may be those here that, are questioning things about you and their box is full. And there may be some who obviously deny your existence and for some reason even hate you, yet they say they don't believe in you, but they hate you. And yet they say they don't believe in you. And Lord, I pray that you speak to them. Lord, I pray that each one of us would see that you truly, with that relentless love, pursue us and help us to identify what's out of control and help us to just right now, I'm going to ask you all to pray this in your own words. Lord, this week, speak to me exactly what I need to hear from you. Would you do that? Lord, this week, speak to me exactly what I need to hear from you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.